Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. There's the normal dryness of the arid, desert-covered Southwest. And then there's the kind of dryness that puts some of the nation's biggest reservoirs in jeopardy. The Federal Bureau of Reclamation has given seven southwestern states an ultimatum. Come up with a plan for reducing your collective water usage from the Colorado River, or we will. Three of those states, California, Arizona, and Nevada, are especially hard-pressed for the river's water. It's the lifeblood of California's Imperial Valley, but the levels of Lake Mead and Lake Powell are so low it's threatening water and power access for 40 million people. Today, we check in with California playbook author Laura Cordy about what is happening to water levels in the Colorado River Basin area and how the state's compromise over water rights might shake out. It's Friday, July 8th. Lara, California and six other states have fewer than 60 days to achieve the incredible a multi-part deal to cut water consumption from the Colorado River. And if they don't do that, the federal government will make the deal. So why is this happening? Well, it's happening because water levels at federal dams are actually really low. The famous one, of course, is Hoover Dam, which is Lake Mead. And then there's Lake Powell, which is behind Glen Canyon Dam. And those water levels are actually getting to a point where it threatens a lot of the infrastructure of the entire system. So the federal government came in and said, hey, we need to keep these reservoirs functioning. And to do that, the three states in the lower basin that use water from those reservoirs need to seriously cut back their consumption. They're asking for a cut of between two to four million acre feet, which to give you a bit of perspective, the average California household uses one to one and a half acre feet per year. So it's a lot of water. It's the biggest cut they're asking the states to make in recent history. And it's going to present a problem for these states who have to basically figure out who has to bear the brunt of these cuts and and what it's going to mean for those communities that rely on the river. Mm -hmm. And if the states involved can't agree on a deal here, what does the federal solution, which would come from the Bureau of Reclamation, look like? That's a good question. And the hope from the states really is that the federal government doesn't have to step in because essentially there's decades of agreements and compacts, which is what's known as river law, which kind of outlines who gets what amount of water and when. It's a really complicated set of agreements that date back to 1922 when the first river compact was established. But if this goes to the federal government, essentially you don't know what kind of cuts you're going to get because it depends on how the federal government interprets the river law, and it could go to a court, which could interpret it differently. So really, states feel it's in their best interest to all sit down at the table and negotiate face-to-face, so to speak. But there appears to be somewhat of a battle between the states that are to share this water cut burden, right? Like a yeah. drought-fighting web. What are the specifics of the compromise among and between these states? So we're not going to know for sure what the compromise looks like. But we do know that the biggest water users have been able to avoid cuts in the past when there have been small shortages. One of the biggest water users in California is the Imperial Irrigation District, 
that is this big district that houses a lot of agricultural land. So the water is going towards things like growing alfalfa. They grow one third of the country's winter greens. So like your salads and your spinach and your lettuce that comes from the Imperial Valley. And they've been able to avoid taking a cut in past years because they have senior water rights compared to states like Nevada and Arizona. But this time around, the level of cuts that the federal government is asking for is just too big for the agricultural districts to avoid. That's at least the sentiment of a lot of the other stakeholders that I have talked to. The amount of water that the federal government is asking these states to cut could be equal to the entire water allocation for Arizona alone. And that's a, I mean, that would be a huge burden for Arizona to cut off such a main source of water supply. So while California has avoided taking cuts in the past, there's kind of an understanding that you don't want to totally abandon these other states. You want to spread the burden across equitably, but it's going to be complicated because each region, of course, has its reasons and has its industries that rely on this water source. Yeah. What are the water related considerations that some of these states are facing? Nevada has done a pretty good job, um, and this is from water experts and uh, you know people actually in Nevada. They've done a pretty good job of adjusting to a lower amount of water. One of the individuals I spoke with there said in recent years, they've eliminated a huge amount of decorative turf, which is basically like your nice green lawns. And they've also gotten better at water management, at using it more efficiently, And then you have Arizona, which relies really heavily on the Colorado River, of course, but also has a good supply of groundwater. They've gotten better at storing water in recent years. They have some backup there. The Imperial Irrigation District in California, they argue that the Colorado River is their only source of water. And they argue that, you know, agriculture is a lot different than watering like a golf course, for example. They say that this is where the food comes from, this is really critical to not just way of life in the valley, but also other people's needs in urban districts. This is where food comes from. And so I think, you know, nobody's going to want to raise their hand and say, I give up this source of water, but it really all depends on the stakeholders in their own states. I mean, the negotiators that come to the table have pressures from the industries in their homelands, and they're going to bring all those factors to the table in these negotiations. At this point, though, what state or states look likely to sustain the biggest cuts here? As I said earlier, I don't think that California is going to be able to get away without taking any cuts just because it uses the lion's share of water in the Southern Basin. Arizona has also a significant amount of water and it has junior water rights to California, which essentially means that California doesn't have to take cuts before Arizona does. But river experts that I've talked to, again, say that the amount they're cutting is just so huge, it would be inappropriate and unfair to make Arizona bear that entire burden. Also on Thursday, an inspector general report was released stating that the EPA under the Trump administration was not transparent about changes made to a PFAS rule in 2020. This was during the period after the final rule had been signed, but before it was published in the Federal Register. The rule in question called a significant new use rule barred new uses of certain PFAS without informing the EPA first. 
between the rule being signed by then-Administrator Andrew Wheeler in June 2020 and its July 2020 publication, changes were made, such as the addition of a loophole that let PFAS in interior-facing surface coatings avoid restriction. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Kara Tabor was this week's podcast producer. Raghu Manavalan edited the show this week. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back Monday. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.